Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the HP Podcast, your weekly video game news show about three men and a baby. I'm Ben and with me here today is Brandon. What is going on, boys? I know this is going to come as a complete and total shock to you and everyone else, but I never think about what I'm going to say before I start talking uh, at the beginning of the show yeah. and, and maybe just in life in general. Sure. And so something new always comes out. And today it was three men and a baby. Off the cuff. There is. As they speak. There is a baby in the room. Is there? Um, don't worry about it. Okay. How you doing today, Brandon? I'm doing well. Um, don't got much to say other than that. I'm doing doing okay. It's Tuesday. Um, I feel like I want my week to be at its end already, and the week is not even halfway done. Um, so you know, as a working man, I kind of got to struggle with that every week. Yeah. Um, but uh, nonetheless, here, good. Uh, mostly good. Think about it this way: you could have to work over the weekend too. I could, and every day, which is actually new for me relatively mm-hmm. is that i That's have true, yeah. a consistent schedule so i'm very grateful for that that doesn't make um you know my 40 plus hour work week any easier uh going through the grind sure. every single week but hey we're here we're getting the bills paid uh and we're uh we're doing it up doing it up dave are you also doing it up i am and i, I have to say when you said uh three guys and a baby for some uh-huh. reason the first thing that came to mind was I don't know if anybody other than me heard of that sitcom, uh, Two Guys, a Girl in a Pizza Shop. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That I think it was like Ryan Reynolds' Big Break. Yeah. But that, I, I like that show a lot. I, I can't remember really... much about it at all, yeah. except it was like like Ryan Reynolds was the exact same guy he is now, where he had that like sort of Chandler-esque sarcasm. Uh-huh, um, right. So yeah, he hasn't changed much, but I'm good. How are you? How are you guys? I'm good. And, oh, I got to talk more about this show. I don't really remember that show too well, but there is a movie called Three Men and the Baby. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So maybe I stole the inspiration accidentally. Yeah. So. I, I, I mostly just know about Two Girls, One Cup. Right. Um, <laughs> what, what was that? Three Guys, One Hammer. I know that one. I don't know the Hammer one. That's um, a new one. It might not have been Three Guys. It, it might have been Less Guys, but I just know there was a Hammer involved and there were men. Okay. I'm gonna Google um, it here. Google, you're gonna Google it real quick. Dave, please do not. <laughs> Are you if sure? there's a link for live leak, do not click on it. <laughs> it's not a big deal, is it? It's just I, mean, I, don't know what, I don't know what the internet laws are like in Canada. I don't want to get you in trouble, my boy. <laughs> All right. I'm um, just gonna close that time then. Yeah. Good good call. Good well, call. Brandon earlier mentioned we were getting the bills paid and uh he met for like his regular life, but also bills paid for the uh the podcast we need some help with that you go over to patreon.com slash handsome phantom and help us out for as little as a dollar a month get ad free early access to the show we appreciate you hanging out there with us and also if you want to hang out with us some more head on over to discord handsomephantom.com slash discord you can uh just chill you don't have to pay for yeah, that it's free it's free come chat just come just just chill 
Yeah. Really, that's that's what I'm trying to say. It's just chill. Let's talk about Diablo 4. Right now? No, on the Discord. Oh, on the Discord. That's what we were talking about earlier this week. That's true. We were. Lovely. Yeah. I thought you might let I was Come like, well, we, usually we save that for the end of the show. <laughs> right. But right. right now. Just we're, go right into we're it. We're flipping it on its head today, Ben. You said flipping it on its head, and all I could think of was Flipendo. Flipendo. From Harry Potter. You, from, from Harry Potter. From you, Hogwarts. You've been playing too much Harry Potter. Because <laughs> that's what it's called, right? <laughs> yeah, it's called Harry Potter. I haven't played it in like two weeks. So I, once I beat the story, I just, you know. I couldn't, or once I got all the hundred percent collection, but at some point I'm going to go back and get that platinum. I'm right. You. I will. It'll be sweet to go back and then finally reap what you sowed. True. So. Very true. Well, let's talk about some video game news. I suppose since the show is supposed to be a video game show, you get early access on Wednesdays for patrons. Show comes out on Thursdays. We record on Tuesdays just so everybody knows. So maybe there'll be something gigantic tomorrow that releases that we would have talked about otherwise but as of right now there ain't shit (laughs) but we'll talk about what there is let's start off brandon you actually mentioned diablo and this isn't about diablo necessarily but games beat reports that former diablo devs launch gas giant games says two former developers on the diablo series revealed their new studio today called gas giant games it was founded by jay wilson and julian love who serve as the studio's design director and creative director respectively now can i just start out by saying Jay Wilson and Julian Love. Jay Wilson's kind of like a just g- generic dude name. Sure. But Julian Love is a pretty sweet name. Julian Love. God, I think I know that one. Do you? Yeah, the internet way back. Mm. Yeah. Was it in that hammer video? Should uh, I Google that too? It, uh, listen, we're getting into some sketchy territory. Let's stop with the Googling okay. for now. Um, we need our Jamie to go Leave away. that to the producers yeah. of the show. <laughs> The studio has also announced its first game, an unnamed action RPG based on a new IP. The studio plans to give previews of the new title at the upcoming Game Developers Conference. This was um, a few days ago that this news released, by the way. Wilson and Love say they've gathered a large team of gaming industry veterans to work on the new game. The team's credits include Overwatch, Gears of War, Cyberpunk 2077, Kingdom Hearts, and Company of Heroes. They almost had me until they said Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I was going to say, all of those sounded pretty similar in, in, in nature. It's going to be an RPG game, which will also feature survival elements when asked in a statement. While we're not ready to reveal the full details of our in-progress project to the whole world just yet, we could say that our fans of our past games will be stoked about what's to come. I can tell you this, our game will deliver insane visceral combat, engaging progression systems, and a unique survival experience, all wrapped <laughs> into a new and original world that will sure that we're sure you'll love to explore. Brandon, I hear you kind of laughing. <laughs> Have you ever heard I a just, developer say, we've got a brand new game to announce. It's going to be kind of shitty, a little bit boring, but you should play it anyway. I just love all of this speak. It's just like can describe like almost every game yeah. that's ever been put out in the past five years with all these big buzzwords. But um, I'm always for new studios opening. I think this is really cool. Um, you know, people that have worked on some uh pretty big titles in the past coming Mm -hmm. together to kind of try something new and i feel like that's why this is so exciting to talk about is the new ip aspect of this um i'm less concerned with all of the buzzwords like the rpgs the did you say open world survival survival i'm less concerned with that and more interested in this new ip talk business so not only do we have a fresh faced studio coming at us um with some heavy hitting uh employees but the new ip i'm all about this um and it does sound interesting nonetheless you know i'm 
I know I'm tugging their chain a bit about the the PR, you know, our game is awesome speak. Obviously, we know nothing about it, but um, yeah, yeah, I'm into it. And I love the name of their studio, Gas Giant Games. I don't know what it is about it. Maybe it's the the double G's. No, wait, there's three G's. Gas Triple Giant. G's. Triple G's. Triple G's. I, I love three, the Three G's, oh. one hammer. That Oh, God. I haven't seen that one yet. I'll, I'll look it up later. Um, but no, I'm all about it. Uh, yeah, excited to see more, I guess. Dave, so. what do you want to see from Triple G's? Um, well, I mean, there's a lot of pedigree here, which is a good thing. Uh, right with you there, Brandon. Uh, new IP is always a good thing, especially when it's coming from, um, you know, kind of a storied group of developers. Um, but I'm liking that like this this survival thing is kind of like the new hotness um you know this this sort of subgenre of survival games we talked about sons of the forest last week valheim was obviously a big one last or last yeah, year about sons of the forest again this week um you know stuff like tarkov and it's sort of like this this like subgenre that's really sort of blossoming so uh, but most of the stuff we've seen has been from relatively unknown developers. And, you know, this is going to be a new developer. But again, to combine that much experience with a um, uh, a kind of game that's that's really kind of getting more traction is, is something that's going to be exciting. I think you said that they were planning on showing something at GDC, which is this week. So, yeah, I didn't see anything else new from them, though. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, sometime later this week, we'll actually see what this this new game actually is. But I mean, this is great. And again, if it's if it's kind of centered around uh, a couple developers who came from Diablo and they're they're moving into a different or slightly different genre, you know, you've got the RPG elements, but um more survival stuff then i think that's intriguing so hopefully we see something this week but in any case um this is good this is gonna be cool yeah for sure what's the last new ip that you really fell in love with dave uh hi-fi rush oh okay yeah that's a good one yeah brandon god i don't know um have you played a new ip in the last two years I would say the the last big IP that I absolutely fell in love with was probably the original Horizon. Okay, yeah. Um, it's been a while, and I been a while. It's been a while. Um, but that I absolutely loved, and I loved the first game. Yeah, very lukewarm on the second game, mm-hmm. but I loved, loved, loved um the first Horizon, the Zero Dawn. So, um, yeah, I'm about it. I feel like it's so easy. We talk every week about about games getting remastered and games getting repolished and shit out through AI. <laughs> right. And, you know, as good as all these things can be, uh, you know, as fun as uh, a, a dead space can be that's been revamped and reworked in a lot of ways, um, there really is nothing as exciting as getting some new intellectual property on the table. Um, so reiterate what Dave and I said, just always looking forward to something new like genuinely um because that's how the space grows you know not not that dead space uh game like dead space isn't great to have in the the ecosystem but how much growth is it bringing to the art um when it really is just a repolish of something old Uh, it's like remastering a van gogh it's like i'm sure it would be really cool (laughs) if you can make it look better or pop off the page or something um but on that same note it's like the same shit yeah kind of so well speaking of new ip we should talk about apex legends new ip (laughs) right right fresh off the press fresh off the press 
Respawn opens a third studio to keep Apex Legends going for 10 to 15 years. This comes from GamesIndustry.biz. It says, the ongoing popularity of Apex Legends has caused Respawn to open a third studio the company has announced. Originally founded by the former Call of Duty game developers and debuting with military sci-fi shooter Titanfall, RIP, in 2014, later working on Star Star Wars Jedi service. Oh, man. Star Wars Jedi series. <laughs> Hello, thank you for calling Star Wars Jedi service. How can I help you today? Respawn is best known for Apex Legends, a battle royale that began life as a spinoff of Titanfall. While the studio continues to gain attention with its upcoming Star Wars game, Jedi Survivor, it's Apex Legends that's driving the growth. And it's that game that has prompted the firm's new branch in Madison, Wisconsin. While the latest studio may contribute to other Respawn products in the future, the initial focus will be to support Apex Legends. Quote, producing content on the scale and pace Apex requires is no feat, no easy feat, says Greg Wilson, Respawn Vice President. So we are always working to bring in more talent, more experience, more ideas, more capabilities. To lead the new team, Respawn has hired Ryan Burnett as studio director for Wisconsin. Prior to his previous position at Epic Games as director of engine production, Burnett spent 14 years at Call of Duty studio Raven Software. So apparently, I didn't realize this until I read this article earlier, Wisconsin specifically is becoming quite the game developer hub. Taxes? I I would imagine that's part of it. Yeah, it's It's got to be part of it. Yeah. I guess also, like, you have to think that there's not a lot of game developers there, but there are probably like there are software engineers everywhere. Right. And there are people who have those skills everywhere. So if you start having more stuff in that area than people who aren't who are skilled, but don't want to move or going to, you know, flock to it and create. I don't know. There's good. There's talented people everywhere. There just aren't good studios everywhere. Right. Dave, have you really given I know I know Brandon and I have played a lot of Apex Legends. Have you played Apex Legends at all? Yeah, I so I played it once. I think I, I may have told this story, but um, I actually had a day where I sat there and played it for like four or five hours straight, which is a lot for me. Sure. Um, and I was dropping in once, and I, I noticed one of the people I was dropping in with had the TTV beside their name. Uh-huh. And I had Twitch on here, and so I was like, oh, this, this is sick. And sure enough, I typed their name in, and they were live, and I pulled them up and the ads played. And then right after, like as soon as they popped up on screen, they were fucking screaming about their teammates, not saving them or <laughs> helping them and shit. And I'm like, Oh, oh this game no. is toxic. So <laughs> oh, I played uh, uh, a little bit and um, yeah, it's cool to see that this game is, is chugging along and, and this is probably the only game a lot of people play. Just like Warzone is the sure. only game a lot of people play in Minecraft and so on. Um, so yeah, I mean, for, I, I will never forget the way this game was, was dropped. I was actually at work and, um, I guess I had some downtime and I was watching it and it was one of the, the, the first sort of shadow jobs that I remember. Yeah. Um, and on that scale, it was so big and it was just it was like so right cool. The Super Bowl, wasn't it? No, it was in the middle of the day, like during the week. Um, it was like the day after the Super Bowl. Oh, the day after. Sorry, you cut off. Yeah, yeah probably something like that. But I, I, it was just so cool seeing this this big game from this big developer that was part, you know, a spinoff from a big franchise, and and you're seeing it all, and and you're wondering like, when is this going to come? When is this going to come? And then they're like, okay, you can download this now. Like, I I know that's not sustainable, and you can't do that very much. But I love when um when that's done. But um, I, I'm wondering how much respawn. It sort of needs this extra capacity because I mean, got to remember they're they're wrapping up development of uh, Jedi Survivor, and there are still two other Star Wars games that I think they're working on. 
Um, so I have to imagine that those are, are taking up a lot of resources. But the fact that they're not slowing down development on uh, Apex is, is great for people who are really into this game. Um, but hopefully this means we'll see some new and exciting ideas from Apex because uh, things like this can get stale pretty quick. But yeah, good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Brandon, as a somewhat lapsed fan, but a fan nonetheless of Apex, yeah. how do you feel about, you know, they're, they're bringing in a whole new studio. Is this the beginning of the end, a la <laughs> yeah. Call of Duty, right. taking up all of Activision's resources, or is this just going to help progress the game? No, I think, I think I feel mostly positive about this. Um, I think this is a good move. I'm hoping this frees up the other portions of the studio to work on, as Dave said, the other Star Wars games, or even maybe other titles that we haven't seen in a long time. I'm still hold, not holding my breath, but I would love a Titanfall 3 at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think having a studio that is dedicated to something that is this demanding is helpful. Um, and I'm sure that they will still have uh, the other studio in their back pocket for resources for a long time, if not all the time. Right. Um, so now I think this is going to benefit everybody in the long run. I really do hope that it doesn't fragment the game in any way. I hope that it really does continue to just blossom. Um, I've seen some discussion online about, you know, BRs not being as popular. The kind of the craze kind of died down. That's just the the reality of it. But Apex has been one of the only ones that has managed to persist and have really good viewership and have really good numbers. Um, And I think that's a testament to a lot of things. Um, You know, the quality of the content they're putting out and the, um, the seriousness uh, through which they uh, perceive this game. Almost the competitive scene is still really large in this game and it, it's not stopping. And just having something that's supplemental, like a good competitive scene, like Call of Duty keeps trying to re-grasp over and over again and keeps falling short. That's one of the things that helps keep you around. Um, and for them to say the next 10 to 15 years, I think that means that they're very serious about um, you know continuing to heavily support this platform that is continuing to blossom. So now this is good news as far as I'm concerned um, that they wouldn't kind of bog down the other teams with something that, uh, you know, might not be as pressing. Uh, it certainly is the cash cow, but um, it's really fascinating, Brandon, because as big as Apex has been for a long time, it was just within the last few weeks they set a new concurrent peak yeah. on Steam. Yeah, I don't think we talked about that at the time, but no, it was like there's still a massive amount of people. They're still going strong, um, like very strong. You know, still releasing new heat. Uh, legends i guess is what they're called not heroes, heroes. we can call them heroes um but no this is just good news um and it's good to see from a genre that was super important that you know developers like epic um and games like apex can still thrive uh kind of makes me wonder about other developers yeah. um with similar capacities and resources but um no i think this is good overall so another studio that just recently brought on another development team is uh, rare. They brought in another studio to help them out with future development. And I think part of that is because their core team is probably going to be moving on right. to another game, well, if I had to guess. But and, and it's kind of it's not autopilot, but it's certainly not taking like their, you know, their top creative minds, I, I suppose. But yeah, Sea of Thieves, they just brought on another five years in, they brought in another studio to help support. Yeah. Which means they must I mean, the numbers are clearly strong and they're yeah. probably stronger than they have been in three years yeah. right now uh, which is great well 
also games like Apex and Fortnite can fill the voids yes. that other studios that have been lacking. Um, you know, those players are hungry. Right. And when they're not fed, they move. So. Well, we'll see. I mean, I, every now and then I think like, I want to get back into Apex. I, I love that game so much. And I just don't because it's every time I've hopped in lately, it's I've just gotten annihilated. Anytime the streamer culture or competitive culture picks up a game like this, everyone wants to play like them and it just becomes a sweat fest. Well, games like the older Warzone, like the last Warzone, like everyone complained about the skill gap. The skill gap in this game is large. Uh, The the movement is the best in BR, like period. It is the best movement in BR. But for that reason, it can be in incredibly complex right. uh, in a lot of ways. And I agree with you. That's kind of why I haven't <laughs> really got back into it as much. Uh, it doesn't feel like as relaxing, not that BR, I guess, is ever relaxing, but yeah. it just feels more intense than most gaming moments I want to have. It has it has the longest time to kill for any BR, right? Yeah, it's got to. Yeah, yeah. This game, like, Call of Duty's aiming seems like fucking auto aim even like no matter what even on controller it's like this game is very difficult because not only is it difficult to kill but like i don't know how to describe that like it's so precise it's not like counter-strike levels of precise but if you play a lot of these first person shooters you'll know what i mean if you pick up the controller and jump into any warzone match or any apex match it's just it's different it's Yes, it's very different. It's a it's a level of precision that's, that's just different, and it's rewarding if you get good at it. But the reality of you know us three is that we're not going to put three hours a week to kind of keep pace. At least three I'm hours a week. At least, I mean, I would be lucky to put an hour a week. That's what I'm saying. Is yeah. that like you know you know I would putting in three hours a week. I don't even feel like I would be proficient anymore. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, there's guys who know life this game. So absolutely, I shouldn't so. like. Shouldn't say guys. I should say there are tons of people. Yeah, who know life this game. Yeah, just like and it's good. I mean, it's yeah. a good game, and you know that shows in the numbers. So, guys, I know this is really exciting news for you, and it's really not that exciting to me, <laughs> but it's in the news, so we have to talk about it. Uh, Sonic Frontiers update oh. brings new challenge mode, photo mode, and jukebox tracks March twenty second. Honestly, we don't have to talk about this because it's in the news, but I wanted to talk about it. Because I just wanted an opportunity to talk about Sonic, honestly. Photo mode, jukebox mode, what else? PlayStation blog says, get ready, Sonic fans. It's time to keep the Sonic Frontiers excitement going with new updates players are sure to love. On Wednesday, March 22nd, the first of three Sonic Frontiers content updates this year, the sights, sounds, and speed update will release on PlayStation 4 and PS5. Fans can try out new features such as photo mode to capture memories of their adventures, new challenge modes to test their strength, against powerful foes and the jukebox to play their favorite Sonic Frontiers tracks around Starfield Islands. And they go in and describe each one of them. I'm not going to bother doing that. But I just first, before I pass it off to Dave here, I wanted to mention they talk about, you know, all the Sonic fans being ravenous for this update. Uh, the PlayStation blog is where this is at, and it has 161 likes and one comment. Hmm. So I don't know if there's a ravenous fan base. I know that they did say Sonic Frontiers did uh, they, they did the numbers they wanted it to do, essentially, or that it was profitable. Um, but Dave, Sonic Frontiers adding all these updates, is this surprising? It's surprising to me that there's enough demand because this game didn't seem to review all, or like to do all that well. That there's enough demand to put out three new updates. Yeah, well, what I recall about the game is that, yeah, it, it didn't 
it wasn't critically received all that well, but the fans seemed to love it. Um, okay. It was on the game of the year ballot, I think. And was it? It was. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was there. If not, it was in one of the other crops of uh, of other big awards. But um, yeah, I mean, it, people seem to love this game. And and from what I recall about this game is like the bones and the structure of a a the Sonic game that everyone has been waiting for are there. So if if this game sells enough, then then the sequel to this game could be an absolute banger. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I'm not a Sonic guy. Um, we know Sonic people. I am not one of them. I did grow up with Sonic. Uh, Sega Genesis was my first and only console for my early years. Um, so I kind of have a soft spot for Sonic, but I, I haven't followed the series. But this is one that I've looked at many, many times and been like, this looks kind of fun. I know it's dull. I know the boss fights and some of the encounters are kind of dull and repetitive, but the the they they really nailed that sense of speed that people have been waiting for for so long in a 3d sonic experience so um i think people have realized that they're onto something with this and you know i i really hope that a sequel comes out of this because as i said i think that's where we're really going to get a banger out of this and the fact that they're adding new modes albeit they're not groundbreaking modes um, I guess shows us that, you know, this did sell pretty well and, and, and they're willing to support it and hopefully going to make another one. So, yeah. Ready to get your Sonic on? You want to pick it up? Fuck no. <laughs> uh, that being said, I feel like it's undoubtable that the Sonic franchise has amassed an incredibly large amount of fans over the years. Sure. Um, that goes without saying. Uh, and I feel like uh, I'm trying to decide how I want to liken them too, but they're a different breed. Sonic fans are built different. Um, and I feel like that's super apparent is that even if we have lurker, like lurking on the blog, it's like clearly they would have no motivation to do this if the numbers were super low. Sure. Um, so I feel like this just speaks volumes about the Sonic uh, fan base. Uh, and I think that most of them are really the Sonic just community. the Sonic community. Um, and I think yeah. most of them are honestly just holding out for the Sonic 2 DLC. Right. Um, in the hopes that um, they can play as their favorite playable character. Right. Um, Makes sense. But no, I guess this is good. Um, I have zero desire. And even the update, it's like shit that's like, yeah, it probably should have come in the base game. Let's right. be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, this is good, I guess. And um, who knows? Maybe one day I'll be singing the praises of a Sonic. Maybe, maybe this is, as Dave said, an iteration that's going to build upon something that will be uh, of a greater appeal to more people. So, um, yeah, I'm about it. I like 3D games, and I feel like this sort of game is super interesting. Uh, in 3D games like Mario Odyssey drew me in more because they were 3D and a traditionally 2D um, type of environment. So I definitely can be drawn in, but Sonic doesn't really sway me just for the... Um, just for the idea so yeah i grew up a big sonic fan but a lot of the games they put out just didn't do it for me and now like i see the i see this game you know i see sonic adventures or sonic frontiers i don't even know the name of it and i'm like <laughs> man it would be fun to play another sonic game but i'm not paying 60 dollars for it it's yeah, not that fun yeah yeah me. i was gonna Sorry. say yeah yeah, I, so like I don't know what I was talking about. It was not, um, to everyone's surprise, it was not nominated for pretty much anything at the Game Awards. Yeah, I was really questioning that, but I, I don't know you. where I got that from. But it, And as much as I enjoy Stray, if Stray can be nominated for these awards, so can Sonic. And, I, <laughs> and that's not a testament towards Stray. That's not a, a you know, a, a, 
a mark on Stray, and that's not a, a jab towards Sonic. But yeah. I feel like if that's the year we're in, then it might as well be Sonic, <laughs> you know. So, Dave, this one's for you. Maybe Thank you'll you. be able to fulfill one of your New Year's, New Year's resolutions. Actually, you already did, but a free-to-play Persona 5 mobile game is on its way. Dave, I know how much you love mobile games, and I know you want to play more Persona games, but it says a new group. This comes from Engadget, by the way. A new group of Phantom Thieves will be stealing hearts in Tokyo. Black Wings Game Studio, the developer owned by Chinese company Perfect World Games, has unveiled a new <laughs> mobile game set in the Persona 5 universe. The previous spinoffs of the title Persona 5 Strikers and Dancing in Starlight feature the original gang, but this one comes with a brand new cast of characters. It wasn't created by Atlas itself. Persona, Persona Fan of the Night or Persona 5 The Phantom X, shortened as P5X, had Sega's blessing. It was also developed under the supervision of P-Studio, the team behind the mainland mainline persona games. Hmm. Dave, I know how much you love mobile games. I know you just had your first experience with the persona game. Are you, are you gonna pick it up? What is it like? <laughs> what is it like? It's a- persona and mobile. So this is It's a um, candy crush? What is it? We've had we've had mobile persona games before, but they were on like Vita and and PSP and DS. Like we've never had a um a, a phone yeah. persona game. Yeah. That's really surprising to me because um you know that that mobile scene in in Asia and, and specifically Japan is is massive. Like I I don't know if that's what's driving the mobile domination of, of the video game market, but it's probably got a lot to do with it. Um so I'm really surprised to hear that this is the first Persona game on 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 your phone, um, on smartphones. But in any case, uh, that is one game that is primed to print money. Um, yeah. I don't know what it's going to be, and it, it probably doesn't matter. It could be a Candy Crush with the Phantom Thieves, or it could be like a full-blown RPG um, that you control right from your well, smartphone. It, it does explain it here. Let me, let me go into that, because Brandon was asking too. It says... According to the game's announcement, uh, hold on. According to the game's announcement, franchise character designer Shigenori Sojima, I think I pronounced that correctly, created the game's protagonist and exclusive persona. And if you watch the trailer below, you'll see that the Black Wings was able to capture the look and feel of the original Persona 5 game quite well. It uses the same gameplay and battle effects, and it features the same victory close-ups, as well as the popular P5 battle soundtrack, Wake up, wake up, get out there. Unlike the original Persona 5 game, P5X will be free to play, which means it will have in-app purchases. And it is going to be in China, available on Android and iOS and Windows as a port on March 29th. And they haven't said yet whether it's going to come anywhere else. But Dave, I mean, it doesn't say exactly what it is, but if it uses the same gameplay and battle effects and it features the victory close-ups and like all the iconic things about the battle system in that game, I don't, maybe it's more than just like a little cheap gotcha knockoff. There you go. And um, it, I mean, if if you're able to replicate the the Persona experience, like the mainline so Persona experience that everybody loves, um, then yeah, this game is going to print money. It almost sounds like Diablo Immortal where it's like, it's, it's, it's made for phones, but you can get it on um, PC if you want and in-app purchases. Um yeah, it's 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 pretty impressive what is coming to mobile. I don't know if you guys have seen um, any of the footage of the upcoming Division game that's coming to mobile. There was yeah. some leaked footage of the Assassin's Creed China game that's coming to mobile. These are basically like 
like the Assassin's Creed one is is a slightly lower res um, looking um, like Assassin's Creed Odyssey running natively on mobile. Like it's crazy. Right. Um, these are full blown RPGs. Obviously, the worlds are going to be a little bit smaller on mobile. So I think something like Persona, where the environments are a little bit smaller and a lot of the processing power is needed just for cutscenes and conversations, um, this is perfect. This is going to be a big one. That's my bet right now. Brandon. Yeah, no, I agree with Dave. I think something like this lends itself a lot better. I'm glad to hear that it's not just some licensed garbage, um, because that's kind of what I was worried about. Um, But Persona really does lend itself well um, and would be good for this type of uh, peripheral, I guess, Um, because Dave's exactly right. I mean, it's turn-based and, you know, I'm just imagining something like Pokemon on a phone. It would be perfect. And I know it's not exactly the same when you're battling and you're catching personas and, you know, it's got the same ideas. And to be able to transpose that and click on the screen to go through your relationships and stuff, it could work. It really could work. I don't think that I ever would have guessed or thought that this was something that would have been interesting. But if you're taking the same care that they put into Persona 5 and including the absolute banger of a soundtrack this is good yeah um i'd be interested to see how they're going to monetize from that just based off of the formula that's already set forth in front of them um so that'll be kind of interesting to see how that shakes out but overall i mean sure why not i guess it's kind of weird that they pass this off to somebody else because i thought mostly all of their games were yeah i mean it's weird but they have experience, but not, not in the mobile space. It's not unheard so, of. Yeah, I yeah. guess, and it is a new, a new uh, type of game. It also frees but, them up. I mean, to to work on the next title, right? Which I'm sure right. they're working on. So, yeah, yeah. But now this is cool. I guess. Yeah, more I guess, China. I mean, but, if you're a weeb, yeah, more China. Fine. I guess. Yeah, but China, China, China. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Um, Brandon, I picked this last story mostly for you. Yeah. But also kind of leads into our what we've been playing section a little bit. Uh, according to a post on Twitter by um, 
uh, Robert Bag Bagratuni. Bag I'm so bad with these names, but basically the, the co-founder of Munfish. Okay. Says, we are thrilled with the overwhelming response to our first game. Our team has worked hard since 2017 to create a project that delivers the ultimate gaming experience, and we are delighted to see that Atomic Heart has resonated with gamers worldwide. And then there's a graphic, and it says, Atomic Heart, 5 million-plus players in three weeks. Damn. Brandon, uh, you've played a lot of Atomic Heart, which you can get into a little later, but... Yeah. Atomic Heart was huge. Everybody's talking about it. It was going to be day one on Game Pass. Then it came out and kind of had lackluster reviews, and people were so-so on it, but... Let's just say the game is subpar. Yeah. Five million plus players in three weeks. This has got to be Game Pass, right? Well, here's the problem with the game also being subpar. Like, we want all of our games to be like 86s to right. 90s. Most games are not that. Right. So even something that's coming in with a quote unquote lackluster review, and I'll get a little bit more into that when I talk about it. Sure. But um I do think Game Pass had a large part to do with it, but I think that also there is something to be said about the game itself. Yeah. Um, but now this is good news, especially as someone who has played it. Um, almost the entirety of what I've played, I've played in the last week since the last podcast. So um, no, this is good. And I'm glad to see that a studio that clearly has been working on this for some time uh, and that I've enjoyed mostly um, is being rewarded. This is... Uh, I couldn't figure it out on their wiki page. This is their first game then or their second game. It's, it's pretty close to so, their. So they had a, they had their first game, which was um, in VR. It was, oh, that's uh, what it was. And okay. it was only ever in early access. It never actually came out and they actually canceled it and gave everybody who had pre-ordered it free access to atomic heart. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, this is huge. Uh, you know, many, many developers can't even, you know, even compare 5 million on your first full-fledged releases. Sure. Crazy. I mean, that's huge numbers by most standards. So um, I really wonder how this will continue to develop. Um, and I'm glad to see that uh, the response has been uh, this overwhelming in a way. Um, I'm kind of hoping this continues to propel them to support the game itself um, because it's got some problems. Um, but it's pretty good. Um, any thoughts on this, Dave? Have you thought any more about the game? Have you played any more of the game? I have not. Um, it's not really high on my list to go back to. Um, I just, it didn't click with me in those early hours, and, you know, I need a game to feel compelling to me for me to kind of want to stick through. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll go back to what we said at the beginning. New IP succeeding is always good, and especially new IP coming from a new developer. So I'm happy to see this. The $5 million, um is not significant for me because, I mean, I, I do think the vast majority of that is Game Pass. So yeah. tell me how many you sold at, at day one price, and, and then I'll be impressed if it's, you know, a million, two million. Um, but honestly, I think the more impressive piece is if if we do assume this is if this is mostly Game Pass, then um, that's close to 20% of, like, all active Game Pass subscribers downloaded this game, which I think that's pretty good. Um, so If it's all Game Pass. Yeah, or, if. Yeah. if yeah. Um, even, even if it's... Yeah, but anyways, it's it's. I hope this this um, this means that uh, Munfish gets gets uh, a chance to really stretch their wings. Because if even if I hated this game, like if I went back and tried to play it again and I didn't like it, 
um, I can at least recognize that this is a developer with some very impressive creativity skills, uh, and it's not something we see a lot of in this day and age. So, yeah, good for them. Good for you, Brandon. I'm glad you're enjoying it. It's really fascinating to think about sales numbers now because there is a percentage, you know, 100% of Microsoft games, first party at least, and a large percentage of other titles, sales numbers really don't, like, everything's skewed now. Like, I'm just trying to think of something like, um, like well, the sales numbers matter, but we never see them. Right. Because it's matter. either free to play or it's all in-app driven or it's on a subscription service. Yeah. It's across the board. We can't really get those hard and fast numbers anymore because like, okay, here's, here's an idea. Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey. That number, I, I think we do have some sales numbers for that game, but that doesn't actually tell us the full story about that game's monetary situation because of microtransactions. Like there were so many people who bought that double XP or whatever it was, the extra XP for the game that like it was probably even more successful than the actual raw copy sold data would tell you. And with so many games, even full price games having optional in in game purchases, it's kind of wild to think about. But I was mostly thinking about with game pass, like let's say that uh, that atomic heart sold 2 million copies straight up. They just sold them. That's huge, especially for an indie developer. But because they had 5 million and we don't know how many of them were actual sales, we're kind of all like, eh, shrug our shoulders. Like, who knows? Yeah, but we can have a bigger discussion about this at some point or never. But it's (laughs) like, (laughs) doesn't, they get something for that. You know, I know it's not as raw as like. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not discounting what they get for it. I'm sure Xbox paid them millions of dollars. Well, right, and to be on Game and, Pass. and we had even talked before about the numbers about like Wulong and stuff. It's like yeah. that was another huge Game Pass success, and it's like, do we measure it less successful because of Game Pass? I don't think we should measure it less successful. I'm just saying that is how the industry thinks. Hmm. Okay. Is that even if it, like if if Atomic Heart came out and said we had one million players within three weeks, that statistically is successful right because it would all have been purchased right but because they're on game pass and we don't know what percentage of that five million was sold people are like it's just more oh whatever people just downloaded it and tried it for five minutes and then right i mean there are so many games where people like tons of people have played and only ever gotten the first achievement and never played anything else happens all the time Happens all the time but we still consider that if they sold 10 million copies a huge success right because that many people have you know have bought it right they didn't play it, right? But they bought it. So right. why is Game Pass? I don't know. Yeah. I'm on a soapbox, I guess. Yeah, it's it's an interesting concept that has kind of changed with the idea of these subscription services a bit. Yeah. But nonetheless, congrats to Munfish. Yeah, um, I'm still so. very excited to play it. it. It was my most anticipated game, and then uh, yeah, things just got Hogwarts. Mixed up. Yeah, and and then Hogwarts came out, and, and then away, I went to Houston, you know, and yeah. it, it, now I'm hoping that you know by the time I finally get to it. It'll be uh, in in very good condition. I don't think they're going to be able to do anything about the protagonist voice, but yeah. So, well, why don't we lead into that? Yeah, Brandon? we're yeah. going to go ahead and yeah, talk about what fine. we've been playing, and you can start off. I know you've been playing, yeah, like a bit. Yeah, I've been playing. I think I'm almost done with it. Yeah, um, it's been very enjoyable so far. Um, I'll just kind of outline it like this: like I said it earlier, this game is not perfect by any means. It's there's a lot of things bad with it. The most glaring problems with this game 
are two things that I could sum up very easily. The writing slash voice acting. Now, the writing isn't always awful. At worst, it's corny. And a lot of games nowadays are corny. That's just how a lot of games are. Um, and the movement. The movement is kind of janky at points in the like scaling around the world. Like there's a ledge gram mechanic that that's really weird and doesn't work great all the time. But those are the two worst parts of the game. So if that sounds like something you can get over, you might really enjoy this because the positives to this game are the writing might not be the best, but the overall story is very interesting. Mm. Um, the new IP and the new visuals, like the set pieces in this game and the art, they've talked about it before, but I'm going to double down on this. As I've progressed through the game, it's continued to get more elaborate. Uh, the set pieces, uh, the, you know, the backdrops, uh, all of the robots and characters, um, even if they aren't the most diverse of any game, they're just very interesting and not quite like anything I've seen before. Um, I am playing it on PC. Uh, it runs really well, and I have my graphics turned up pretty high. I don't know what the experience on consoles like, but I can say that the game itself looks and runs pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, I'm often very impressed with what I'm seeing on the screen just visually. Um, and even if the movement itself is a bit jank, the gunplay is pretty decent. Nice. Um, so that's another positive for it. And I will say that the upgrade um, slash tier system with all the powers and your guns and stuff are actually pretty solid as well. Um, so overall, really, really enjoying the game. Actually was enjoying it more than even when I started. Okay. I feel like this game is very marred by a very shitty intro. <laughs> and I talked, I, I, I talked a little bit about this last week, but like developers and maybe new developers specifically like they they want to get you interested but they sometimes put the cart before the horse it's like you make me sit through 30 minutes of boring ass shit and it's like maybe if i knew what the fuck was going on i would be more interested to see all of this shit that i'm looking at yeah um you know give me something right away uh, to kind of get me engaged and not just like oh this is new what is going on like like give me more right give me a string lead me a little bit more um, so, and as far as the protagonist being a dickhead, that kind of persists. Uh -huh. I will say story-wise, there's like a little bit of an explanation. Um, not that it completely excuses, but it, it's just kind of the way this guy is. This game can be perfectly summed up in two ways. This is like if Bioshock... And a game that I've not mentioned yet that it reminds me of so much that if you like this game, you should play it. Wolfenstein, the mm. new Wolfenstein. This game reminds me so much. Like literally, it's like a love baby of Bioshock and Wolfenstein. It perfectly reminds me of the two. It mostly reminds me of Wolfenstein, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. um, the main character often reminds me of BJ, um, but he's more of a dick. Um, so yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it so far. Um, I don't know that I'm going to like go crazy and kind of explore everything at points. There are like larger open sections where you really can get in depth with a lot of it. I'll probably just, um, continue to play my way through the story and see how it goes, but just kind of, uh, out of nowhere, I was a little bit nervous when stuff started coming out, but as I've played more, I've really learned to appreciate what the game's giving me. Um, and 
yeah, I guess the biggest takeaway is that this game is unique and visually unique mm. uh, and just drives home some really interesting um, art aspects that I really appreciate. Um, just being able to see like a really solid idea um, that's kind of new and fresh and interesting um, put in front of me. So it's pretty cohesive and pretty cool. I'm excited for you to try it, Ben. Yeah. I'm really excited. To. I want to. So cool. What else? What else? You but playing? oh man sons of the forest okay <laughs> we've been go. playing more of that um so i'll kind of wrap wrap up what i'm talking about and then kind of lead lead it into ben a little bit um but uh we beat sons of the forest yeah like formally i guess you know if you can beat this sort of game um we beat it there are many branching narratives that you can uh you know kind of experience but um man it, i <sighs> I played Ark. This game is nothing like Ark in a lot of ways and very similar in others. Uh-huh. Um, and it's a boatload of fun. It's it's really strange because everything about the game moment to moment was amazing. And obviously the developers put it that way towards me so I can experience it. But other things were so confusing to me. Like the story of this game, you might as well throw it out the fucking window. It doesn't matter it's strange and I think it's meant to be that way, but some of the things we experienced in quote unquote finishing the game were just like disjointing. Yeah. Like felt like I completely missed out on like giant swaths of things, but we didn't, we didn't miss out on anything. We, well, I do want to say this, just to to cut off. The game is in early access and they explicitly say like the story is not finished. The, like there are a whole cutscenes missing yeah. audio. So like, that's, I'm not saying that that's that crazy. Will, that uh, that, yeah. Anyway, I'm not saying that fixes it or excuses it. I'm just saying that I didn't expect for it to have like a cohesive, right. fully understandable story right. because of that. So, I guess, yeah. I guess we could just excuse it because they put the early access thing, but no, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually usually not a fan of early. Access I know stuff for I know. that reason. And this is exactly why I'm not too. That's kind of why I'm ragging on it. But, that being said, that's kind of like the worst part of the experience is the kind of strange narrative. And based off of what I know about the first game, the narrative is strange. That's just the way it is. But when the game is like poorly put together and has high strangeness, it makes you just like scratching your head in the weird kind of way that's not good. Yeah. And typically I'm about that. Um, but oh man, yeah, we had a we had a big play session last week uh, where we kind of rounded out the whole experience by accident. Literally, we looked up nothing about this game the entire time, and somehow we did the perfect sequence of caves and events to fucking finish the game. Like, literally, we're walking up on the end, and I'm like, holy shit, is this the end? Right. And we had just been playing for hours. Like, we weren't, like, trying to do a path. Like, like we were just following along the map. Just playing. Yeah. It's funny to me because there are videos out there. Like, okay, so in order to progress in this game past a certain point, you need to get a shovel. Right. There are videos out there with millions of views that are just called get the how to get the shovel in Sons of Sons of the Forest. So plenty of people don't right. know this. Right. And in order to go through like halfway through the progression, you need to have the shovel. Yeah. And we didn't we we didn't look up anything. We just found the shovel and then progress like well dude and no, things like that where it's like how are how did first of all, how are so many people not just playing the game? Right. And also how are so? How are we able to accidentally right. finish it? Right. Yeah. No. And I guess it was truly just a testament to like old fashioned exploring. Like, yeah, we knew this one cave was like, oh shit, there is water here. 
we, we now need have something to get down there. We need something to get down there. Oh shit! Now we have something to get down there. Is there something down there? And then we went down there, and lo and behold, yeah, the shovel is in our laps. So, um, I'm excited to continue to play this game. Yeah. Um, as it kind of develops, obviously we mentioned it's an early access. Um, I wasn't aware of this, but you said they're updating it every couple weeks or so, which is really interesting. Yeah. Right. When you log in, it tells you when the next update's coming. Really? Okay. Yeah. I'd, like right on the, like on the home screen. Guess I wasn't paying attention. I think most of the time in fairness, you joined off of me. So right. you probably didn't see that right. very often, but yeah, just super, super fun in really unconventional ways. Um, I think the best part about this game has been playing it with other people. I kind of yeah. touched on that last week, how even in spite of everything the developer put forth to make things fun, the best parts that we're ever going to remember are going to be the things that we did together um, to kind of make our own our own game in the game, so to speak. So um, what did you think overall, Ben? I mean, I know we were both kind of new to this, but it was kind of a wild ride. Yeah, so I never played the original and I've not played other than like Minecraft, which is barely a survival game. I've not really ever been into survival games too much. And I was just floored, honestly. Uh, I put out a video about it today and just talked about all the things that surprised me. And the thing that I think was the most, there are two things that really struck home the most to, to me about it. Uh, one is the building. I think the building is extremely satisfying. And there's a little bit of jank in there, and it might always be in there for all I know. But the building is really, like, it's versatile. You can build almost anything you want. And the other thing is the exploration. Just going around and stumbling upon a random cannibal camp or uh, just going into a field full of wildlife and, you know, shooting them in the head right. or whatever. <laughs> like, right. just there's so much stuff that, you don't expect. And so like those two things, I mean, the story is, I'm sure once it's done, it'll be more interesting, but that doesn't, that's not why I play like a game like this. It's like a backseat kind of. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. It's, it's like a supplemental thing. Right. To, you know? Yeah. It's there because people want a story. It's not there because it's a game about a story. So I, I just, I was really impressed with it and it's got me interested in playing more survival games and specifically more games with, with survival with building which I don't, I think that might be a pretty limited market, <laughs> but I'm very interested in it. crafting, you know, building. But I even like after we finished, because I was the one who was constantly like, let's stay back and build the base up more. And you were the one who was like, let's explore. And I think there's merit to both of those things, because in order to build the base better, you need to explore. And in order to explore, you need to have a secure base. Right. So like you need to do both of those things. But for me, like the fact that we have discovered, you know, all the major things that you can discover so far before all the updates in this game uh, doesn't detract from me from playing it further, which is a really good sign because normally when I finish a story of a game, I'm really bad with RPGs because there's so many side stories. But whenever I finish the main story, I'm usually like, okay, I'm done. I'm not going to go back and do those side stories, even though I planned on it. And with this game, there's not, you know, side stories per se, but like, I'm like, let's go. I, I don't remember being in that little quadrant of the map. And right. I don't remember really using, utilizing this tool too much. Like there's a chainsaw. I think I may have used the chainsaw one time. <laughs> we got it. I want to see what else I can <laughs> right. do with the chainsaw. Right, right. So I, I think there's just a lot more to be discovered with this game. And with them continuing to add updates, I'm really excited to jump in like every couple, at the, at the very least, every couple of weeks and just toy around with the new updates and find out new things you can build and. I've seen some, I've started looking up some stuff online and I'm like, whoa, you can, I didn't even know you could do that. Like, <laughs> the only way I thought you could catch fish was by making a fish trap. Turns out you can spear them or shoot them with a bow and arrow. 
I didn't know yeah, that because I just never tried it. Right. And just little things like that, that keep, the game kind of keeps on giving. So I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to playing more of it. Uh, people have been recommending like you should go back and play the forest because it's done now and go back and experience it. Like there's some things that aren't quite the same as they are in Suns, but they're very satisfying. So I think I'm going to do that. It's only like 10 or 15 bucks. I think. Yeah, dude, I'll play with you. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's only like 10 or 15 yeah. bucks. And, the, and, you know, it's still like you actually have a full story there, too, in addition to the to everything. So I'm excited for it. I normally would not just on a whim because I mean, literally, I just just like this game is huge and people are talking about it and I kind of want to play it. I don't yeah. know much about it at all. And so I was like 30 bucks early access. 30 bucks isn't that big of a deal, but the early access thing is usually a deal killer for me just because I've had so many bad experiences in early access and I'm glad I just went for it. Yeah. And, and, and what you said about it being better with friends is hundred percent true because that game is fun solo. I play a little bit solo, but it's like, it's not the same. <laughs> no, no, it's just it's not. not. Calvin is not the same dude. No. And I, I don't want to sidestep, but I completely forgot. We fucking played Diablo four. Well, yeah, I, I, Go ahead. We Go did, ahead. did that too. Yeah. Dave, first of all, did you play any of Diablo four? No, it's it's uh, I'm I'm up this weekend. Mm, mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah, dude. Everyone should be up this weekend. That's kind of my detractor from all of this. Yeah, that shit is awesome. Seriously. Yeah. So I've been a longtime Diablo fan. I played Diablo one uh, a couple months after it came out with a buddy of mine at his house. And his dad was like super into it. And we would just sneak and play on it, even though it's like very tame compared to today's standards at the time. It was like. That's the devil. Kids shouldn't be playing Diablo, right. you know. <laughs> the pixels. So I've been a huge fan of Diablo for a long time, and surprisingly, the one that kind of blew the franchise up, Diablo 3, I've played the least of any of them. Oh, dude, it's so fucking So anyway, I very much enjoy Diablo. I don't want to talk too much about the beta because uh, I just don't... I, I think the game is best going in unadulterated, like not knowing a whole lot about it. But I will say this beautiful cutscenes, more intricate story, and it works and feels exactly like Diablo should. And aside from that, I played maybe six or seven hours of it as one character. And even though it's already pre ordered and on my account because someone was kind enough to gift it to me, uh, it, I'm not planning on playing any more of the beta. I'm just going to wait till the game releases and then play the hell out of it. Yeah, that's kind of my perspective. Brandon, yeah. what did you think? I know I know no, you man. weren't sold on it until you played until you went and ate the KFC and, and the right. Yeah, it, was, it was the KFC for sure. Yeah. The fucking Colonel got me. Um, oh, fuck, this game's so fucking good. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm honestly just pissed that I have to wait so long to fucking play it now. Yeah, I fucking love Diablo three. I'm not going to go into that again. I loved that game. And just to see it in a new format it to be back and grungy and the inventory menu to show you how dope your character looks and the transmogs to be there. Everything you love about Diablo is back and it looks better. And the cutscenes have always been gorgeous. That's the one thing. Not always. Blizzard though. Yeah. Just Blizzard in general has always been on the forefront of just amazing cutscenes. Um, even back in World of Warcraft, just like for its time. I mean, um, maybe not in game, right. But, um, yeah, just everything about it is a notable and uh, very welcome upgrade um, from the last game in a lot of ways. Um, so, yeah, man, now I'm just angry I got to wait. So, you know, I I think you're right there and that, you know, I don't think much needs to be said about the nitty gritty of about it. It's just like if you are interested in Diablo, you will enjoy 
this. That's it. It's just it is the same stuff but better. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously new stories, new beats, um, but just an overall overhaul. Uh, yeah. So for sure. That's pretty much all I played was Sons of the Forest and Diablo 4 beta. Dave, it's over to you now. Sorry we've been talking for 20 minutes without you, but that's okay. That's okay. I just curious before we move on, if you mention this, I, I apologize. But uh, where did you both play Diablo Four? PC. Yeah. Is it it's only PC or it's no? I think it's it's crossplay okay. with it, all systems. See, that's what's going to be interesting. I'm really excited to to try it out this weekend, but I'm actually going to play it on console. Yeah. And I've only ever played Diablo Three on PC, so uh, dude, yeah, we'll con- how it goes. controller is actually very good. Like yeah. I know, yeah. I know a lot of people should like a lot of PC players specifically. I played Diablo three on my you know DS four, um, and it it translates surprisingly well. You will not be missing out on anything. And I've seen some reports of the next gen consoles running it, and they run very well. You know, I I think I saw someone. I don't know if this is like standard, but I swear I saw someone on Reddit say they were doing it at one hundred and twenty hertz. Yeah. Right. So I was like on console it's crazy so yeah well i'm excited to talk about it next week with you guys but um yeah so this week uh i finished hogwarts legacy oh yeah nice Um, just the story i didn't i'm not going for platinum or anything like that but um yeah really nice finish um if there if there is one aspect of that game that i felt was a little bit lacking it was sort of the named enemies or the bosses because there really isn't that many right um but I really like the final boss that you fight. Um, I thought that was difficult and it was engaging and it used a lot of cool mechanics that um, you sort of use throughout the game. And it was a really cool spectacle. So I, I really enjoyed the final boss. And if there was a sequel, I would love to see a little bit more time and care put into like actual boss encounters. Yeah. Um, I did, however, encounter a substantial amount of jank in like my last four or five hours with the game so really there's this one mission that you do where you buy like a you buy a shop yeah and yeah i'm sure yeah. you both know what i'm talking about oh yeah i had a lot of trouble with that mission and uh i going online i'm not the only one uh, i was just gonna I, say that's the only one i've ever heard people talk about having substantial problems with I had a hard crash shortly after, and uh, I I had like some of the most severe stuttering I've seen on my PS5 in like a very small section of the uh, of the final mission. Uh, nothing that really ruined the experience for me, but I was just like the game ran so well for the entire like thirty hours, and then just towards the end, I started running into these issues. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think post mortem on Hogwarts for me is is. A really, really, really good open world game. Um, it's it's nice to see sort of an established IP outside of video games have a really good video game because it's been a long time, I think, that you know we've seen like a movie franchise come over to video games and have a banger like this. So um, I suspect they are withholding Quidditch for DLC. That's got to be the case, right? They've already said they're not planning on doing DLC. Oh man. That doesn't mean they would be the first ones in existence to ever do DLC and or say they weren't doing DLC and then do it, but they have said that they have no plans for it at the moment. So uh, sorry, minor spoiler there. There there is a Quidditch pitch in Hogwarts Legacy. Um there is a broom. Uh characters talk a lot about Quidditch. They also talk about why there isn't any Quidditch being played, but 
if that is the case, that that's a pretty big missed opportunity in my like. What a, an awesome way to get a whole bunch of people back into your game and get new people into your game by like just introducing like a campaign around Quidditch or just like a Quidditch mode or something. But in any case, I really liked uh, Hogwarts. I might go back and play a little bit more uh, down the road. But um, yeah, a lot here's, of fun. Here's something I want to say about Quidditch, Dave. Okay. I think narratively, uh, and, and I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly that it's a uh, crying shame that there's no Quidditch in this game. But narratively, you come into Hogwarts as a fifth year. That's not a spoiler. That's just the setup for the game. You're a fifth year coming into Hogwarts for the first time, seemingly learning the magic for the first time. Like, it seems like you have no familiarity. And so for your character, and I don't know why they did that, except maybe to because there were spells that you wouldn't learn until fifth year. So why would you know them otherwise that you do need in the game? But they don't explain it. And I feel like coming in as a fifth year and all of a sudden being some superstar Quidditch player would be kind of strange. I don't know. But that's one piece of it. And then the other piece is that the they would have to I think they would have to build a separate like um, location or whatever in the game. Like, a, you know, you actually enter an arena because of the Quidditch pitch that's there that's there is not big enough. And the broom mechanics don't seem to work well enough to be able to flip in that small of an area. And so I'm questioning whether they'll be able to like it feels like they would have had to start on the development of a Quidditch DLC a long time ago for it to fit in and maybe they did and they just are withholding that but i'm much more hopeful that it'll be in the sequel i don't think there's any any doubt that if they do a sequel there will be quidditch there there has to be it's such a well, huge part of the universe yeah and I, it just would have been fun to play but um yeah, for sure yeah just to reiterate great time with hogwarts legacy if you're you're on the fence um you've got three uh three bros and one hammer saying you should go and play it <laughs> right um Second thing is I jump back into Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 and uh, check that out a bit. Um, there's two new maps that I played, Himmelmat Expo and uh, the Modern Warfare 2 version of Radar. Um, Himmelmat Expo is really, really cool. It From like a, a pure like look and feel perspective, it reminds me a lot of that map that was in the beta that did not make it into the final game because of... It was like a museum map or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. The yeah. owners of the museum, I guess, I, something happened. But, right. Um, and yeah, I, I, it's it's a big map. And I've, I've had like meaningful large confrontations at like several different points in the map. Like it's not like there's one central hotspot. It's not a traditional three-lane map. Um, so I think the fact that like you have confrontations at like so many different points in the map, like big ones, like multiple different players, I think is is a testament to good map design. So yeah, I'm really liking that map. There's a 24 seven version on the playlist right now. So if you just wanted to play that, you could. Um, and yeah, modern warfare two's version of radar is in the game. It's, it's, it's radar. Um, I, I really like that modern or that call of duty does this thing where they carry over like maps from version to version and they kind of put their own coat of paint on it. Um, it's always cool to kind of see, you know, how your favorite maps have grown up or grown down. Um, in different ways. So yeah, so yeah, it's nice to jump into Call of Duty. Um, last thing I've been playing this week is uh, a game called Deliver Us the Moon. Um, this is like a sci-fi narrative-driven kind of environmental puzzle game. It's it's an indie game. It's, it's pretty old. I think it came out in like 2017 or 2018 or something. I randomly saw a YouTuber make a video about it. Uh, he was talking about games he was platinuming, and this was one of them. Um, and yeah, I, I'm really, really enjoying this game. 
I think uh, I, I kind of look for open world palette cleansers after I've spent yeah. like 30 to 50 hours in an open world game and like a, a six hour um, sort of narrative driven, like really focused game like this is, is exactly what I needed. So um, yeah, deliver us the moon. It's, it's cool. You play as this astronaut um, who's basically alone and um, needs to figure out why this, this moon base mysteriously just, went completely dark one day. Um, if you like interstellar, if you like the Martian, uh, this is 100% right up your alley. Mm. It kind of has that derivative setup where it's like all of the earth resources are gone and we needed to go somewhere else to get them. Um, but other than that, it's, it's, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it also has a sequel, um, deliver us Mars. So I'm, I'm, I'm about halfway through the game and already looking forward to playing the sequel. It's only about 10 Canadian loonies on, uh, on PSN right now. So oh, nice. if, okay. if you're looking for something quick and, and, and fun and interesting, um, yeah, deliver us the moon is, is, is something I'm having a lot of fun with and like kind of interesting. Um, so like one of the first puzzles you have is again, you're alone and you need to get on your shuttle and power it up and launch it. And you have like these instruction manuals lying around everywhere and you kind of have to like operate all the controls in a specific order. And it's like just obscure enough for it, where it feels like challenging, but also like you're actually piloting and starting up a, uh, a spacecraft to jettison out to the moon. So, um, yeah, really cool game. Having a lot of fun with it. That's cool. I've seen that game so many times, like just the name of it. And always thought it seemed just like a cool premise, but uh, never knew anybody who played it. So now I'll have to, I'll have to give it a shot. Yeah. Like yeah. you said, it's, pretty cheap so yeah i like that cool well this has been another episode of three guys and a hammer we appreciate you stopping by and listening don't forget about the patreon over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom and the discord at discord.com slash handsome phantom no handsome phantom.com slash discord you'll figure it out it's in the show description i think if it's not sorry about that (laughs) thanks for listening everybody we'll see you next time The HP Podcast is brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Thanks to our producers, Grabalicious, Christian Snow, Rainick, Chris Bylock, Derek O, Nuke Dukum, Brian Parrott, Htrons, Maurice Bays, Passive Pixels, Edwin Castillo, Boots, Poot, Jared, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Wormhats. <laughs>